Yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with your laser. I told you you couldn't get through. Well, then maybe it's time for a smoke. Mullets and Memories, a MacGyver podcast about MacGyver. Season 2. The usual problem in Los Angeles on a lazy Saturday is what to do. Surfing in the Pacific, skiing in the mountains, maybe head to the beach and watch the girls roll in. Not exactly. Oh, that's what I'd like to do is watch the girls roll in. (laughs) Like, can you just see them like rolling yeah like, just like rolling down a hill but they're just rolling across the sand like ever so slowly like covered in sand it's all in their hair oh macgyver's got some weird saturday plans i'm just gonna sit on the beach and watch the girls roll uh, are they rolling in from the shore like, oh yeah there's like just the wave crests and, it, and when it hits the sand like there's just a woman laying on the beach <laughs> like <laughs> oh all the ladies are beaching themselves again <laughs> well i guess we got to get the cleaning crew out here again they're all dead i'm gonna just start burying them so they don't smell <laughs> <laughs> or do, what would they do? Blow it up with dynamite? The, the, that whale? <laughs> they detonate the whale? Boom! <laughs> Just detonate all the all the all the women rolling in on the beach. You ever see? Uh, um, uh, oh damn it! Uh, oh damn it! Never mind. Okay, fair enough. If you think of it, let us know. But uh, welcome to Mullets and Memories. We know nine one one the movie. Yes, I have. Okay, with a beach whale. <laughs> yes, yeah. Anyway, yes. yes, Mullets and Memories. Mullets and Memories. I am Dave Champa. I'm Greg Klein. Today, Mullets and Memories is episode forty. Greg and I will be discussing season two, episode eighteen, Partners. <laughs> now. Greg and I, I think this is the most divisive we've ever been on an episode. I'm going to murder you, David. Uh, wow. That's that's a little more divisive than I would have, have liked. I know. With words. This episode, and I won't get into too much detail yet, but this episode for me is best of the series so far. Easily best of the series. Hmm. You were lesser on it. You didn't hate hmm. it. But you were definitely not as over the moon as this in this episode as I was. I think the problem overall is the fact that we were anticipating the character that appears in this. Yeah. And it's if we were watching this having never known a you know, if it was new, I think it would be a different experience. So I don't I know. I agree. I think it was tainted. My experiences my experience was a taint. Was tainted. Just a big just a big old taint. Big old <laughs> flaky taint. <laughs> Oh. You want to jump into it? Into not, the, not, into no, no, let's not jump into the taint. Let's jump into the girls rolling into the beach. <laughs> what, oh, whatever, David. <laughs> anyway, so what we open on is MacGyver pulling into a junkyard. Mm-hmm. And he is being, uh, he's part of a scavenger hunt. Today, today in the episode, it's the seven-year anniversary that mm-hmm. Pete and MacGyver first met. Mm-hmm. He gets a letter from Pete saying that he needs to bring a bar magnifying glass to this junkyard and to meet him in an abandoned car. Weird. Weird. When my first thoughts were like, oh, that seems pretty like, let's, that's a good call. Like, junkyard scavenger hunt seems like mm-hmm. right up Max Alley. Yeah. Um, so he finds it and he goes in and he pulls it and he's like wandering around and he's like calling for Pete and he has no idea where he is. And he eventually finds him in an abandoned cab. Like under the dashboard, <laughs> looking for something. He's just like pulling stuff out. He's like pulling wires out, and he can't. Mm-hmm. He can't figure out what it is that he's he's trying to find. So MacGyver finds out shortly after that. He's like, "Well, I brought your bar magnifying glass. It wasn't that easy to find, but I I found it." He's like, "What are you talking about, bar yeah. magnifying?" Yeah, glass? Pete was like all stuffed in underneath the dashboard, <laughs> yes. complaining about this thing is a junk. It's junk. I can't get the battery and all this stuff. And Max like, "Yeah, I got your bar magnifier." What were you talking what about? What were you talking about? I didn't ask you to get a bar magnifying glass. He's like, no, you said it right here in your note. And then you said to meet meet you here. He's like, I never sent you a note. I got a note from you telling me to meet me here. Right. And so, yeah, so Pete telling gets this. Mac to, wait. Pete got a note telling Pete to meet Mac there. Yes. Also. And MacGyver gets the note telling him to meet Pete there. But neither of them sent the note for each other to meet there. And so they assume it was Dalton. Jack like, Dalton. Oh, well, again, completely makes sense. So... They figure it was Dalton because um, he was part of 
Pete and Max first meeting seven years ago. Mm-hmm. You get the sense from the from the from the flashback that MacGyver and Jack had known each other prior. Um, but he was part of that first meeting between Pete and MacGyver seven years ago. So they figure, all right, Jack must have had something to do with it. So Pete finally finds the newspaper that he was instructed to find mm-hmm. in the cab. And he pulls it out and he's looking through and he opens it up and it's at the obit- obituaries section. Mm-hmm. And he looks through it and he's finding and he finds, he finds a listing for the dearly beloved MacGyver, Peter Thornton, and Jack Dalton. Mm-hmm. So it's an obituary for their own deaths. Right. And they're like... What the shit? Like, really confused. They're like, what the hell is this? Like, who who would send something like this? And at the same time, a forklift, like, slams down on the roof of the car right. and starts crushing it them down. It crushes the roof of the car down so they can't open the doors and they can't climb out the windows. And it was, it threw me for a second. It mm-hmm. got me really good because it was pretty intense. Yeah. Because you just, it just starts pushing it down. You can hear, like, everything crushing. Mm-hmm. And it basically, like you said, it locks them inside. Yeah, which is kind of clever, I yeah. guess. The weird thing is, like, they... They both went inside of this cab all the way and shut the doors in a junkyard. It's just a weird... No one would do that. <laughs> they just... Yeah. Like, you would assume Mac would just, like, lean over the inside. Right. Just Get to, inside like, the cab. getting inside. Because you know, you, that wouldn't... If Mac was just leaning over the window, there's no way that these people would catch... Like, it was the, weird. That he wouldn't get caught inside. So, the forklift picks up the cab, puts it into the back of a semi-trailer... Right, which is kind of impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, locks the guy gets out of the forklift, locks the door, gets in the truck, and just starts driving. Right, with Pete and Mac trapped inside of a crushed old cab in the back yeah. of a soundproofed semi trailer, <laughs> yes. and then it just and it drives away. And so Pete and MacGyver sort of like they they do get themselves out. They use their feet and they just like push mm-hmm. they push the roof off, and they're able to get out and they start chatting. and And we pulled the clip, and he's like. MacGyver knows that right now he's like there's only one person that he knows that could set up these elaborate traps and we'll we'll let MacGyver reveal who who it is that he thinks is is the one. Pete, do you remember what happened seven years ago today? Yeah, you and I first met. Yeah, chasing Murdoch. Murdoch. Yeah, he's dead. He got killed when that building collapsed. The body was never found. And Murdoch's just the kind to set these neat, perfect little traps. That was seven years ago. In the past, the man is dead. Dead. Is he? Thornton, MacGyver, do you remember what Mark Twain once said? The reports of my death are greatly exaggerated. Ooh, it's Murdoch. You know who could do this? Murdoch. I love the way he said that. The, like this weird accent comes out. Murdoch. Murdoch. <laughs> he died. They never found the body. He's not dead. And that that so what Greg just said is Pete. That becomes a, a recurring line for Pete throughout the rest of the episode. But he's dead. I swear he died. <laughs> like it's so like I I really mm, there were a lot of things and it wasn't necessarily the episode, but it was what they had the characters doing. I'm like Pete is. Pete, you're really sounding like a naive idiot. Yeah. Yeah, he really is. For having done, been doing this, you assume... So they met seven years ago. You assume he's been working for DXS for longer than seven years. Mm-hmm. Well, at the point when they met. But like you assume that for him to move up where he did to now like the field operations director of the Phoenix Foundation... He's probably got more than seven years' experience. Like yeah. for him to be that naive about a mastermind like Murdoch. Well, as you know, as we get into the episode, there are a lot of flashbacks involving older, well, younger Pete and younger MacGyver. <laughs> well, we'll talk about young Pete in a oh, minute. <laughs> young Pete. But um, what I thought was kind of funny though is that young younger Pete yes. seemed a little sharper. Like oh, he, he absolutely. Had, he had a, he still had his field chops. Yes. Oh right. yeah, he clearly has done this more than one. Like, so it's not. It, it it's really interesting. Like Dana Alcar played that char- that younger version of himself, a of, hipper, a hipper Pete. Yeah, if you will. it was weird because yeah. like, why couldn't he just be like that now? Yeah, Pete seems a little bumbling. I know what the source of all of his hip powers were. Well, ooh, and we'll talk s- about it in a minute. Do you want to <laughs> spill it all over the place? I do, but I want to talk about first of all that flash when they talk about that. Murdoch is the man that they met. Murdoch also met him seven years ago, as well, well as Jack and Pete and MacGyver. Yeah, so, okay, okay. Let's just get into Which it. Which completely it. contradicts Pete and Mac's apparent first meeting in Deathlock. Now, 
Yeah, so you, the camel smuggling stuff, right? Right, with Pete stuck in the quicksand, and then he put, and then MacGyver saves him, and he puts him on a camel, and he rides the camel out. Was that really their meeting, or was that just a story? I don't. I mean, that's what he says. He says in Deathlock that that's the first the first time they ever met. He rescued Pete from quicksand, and then sent him away on a camel, where he rode the camel for seven days. That's right. Yeah, that's so weird. So it okay. completely contradicts this because in here, seven years ago. Pete and Mac first met while me- while Pete was trailing Murdoch. We'll have to pay attention. Maybe the story changes every every time. Hey, I'll be curious to know if they ever do another flashback for them first meeting because this just completely blows that out. And it'll it'll like, be like it'll be like in a gentleman's club in the back room. Pete and Mac just happen to be in the same room together. Yeah, right. Okay, wait, wait. I thought didn't they already meet when they when they were trying to catch Murdoch? No, 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 no. It was, it was the Gentleman's Club. This is where we met. It was the Gentleman's we Club. We met 66 years ago you don't remember in the Gentleman's Club. The one that was into the animals with the camels? You know, the donkey show? <laughs> oh, 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 right. Yeah, right. that. Guys, where are we going? The creators are like, guys, where are we going with this? I don't know. I don't think they'll ever let us air this episode. <laughs> this is just a backup for the backup for the backup. Just Mac in case they Pete just go to a donkey show. <laughs> Oh, God. There's your fan fiction right there. <laughs> okay, anyway. Fuck. So, yeah. So, contradicting mm. the story, I think that this was a better backstory for their first meeting. I think I, It's I, much more plausible. I, much more plausible and believable. So, Pete obviously naively thinks that Murdoch had died seven years ago. Yeah. Murdoch obviously comes over sounding a lot like Quail. Mm. Says, oh, no, I'm alive and well. <laughs> oh. oh, there's more fan fiction involving Murdoch and Quail down the pipe, I think. We're going to write our own fan fiction. <laughs> so MacGyver <laughs> notices that the cab is the same make and model as the one Jack owned seven years ago. And in fact, I think it says fly by night on the, the one side that of they it. were The one that they were crushed in. The into. one that they were crushed in. Currently, yeah. Yes, I think it does. It says fly by night right on the side of it, doesn't it? I don't know. I, I don't remember. I think so. I think it might have. But anyway, it reminded him of the flashback. Um, so we cut to the past, and MacGyver is uh, supporting Jack because Jack's in the hospital. Right. By basically picking up his fares and keeping his cab company running. Mm-hmm. So MacGyver's moonlighting as a cab driver. Sure. So he picks up a woman whose name is Sarah. She sounds very, very beautiful, this woman. She does. She sounds, she sounds like <laughs> a She's a gorgeous woman. And she tells MacGyver, bring me to this warehouse. It's like a very nondescript warehouse. Mm-hmm. So MacGyver gets over there. And so as he drives away, we see what we assume. We see it very briefly. A car drives past and starts tailing Mac's cab. And it's Pete. Right. And Sarah is meeting with a man in this warehouse. We don't know it's Pete yet. We don't know it's Pete. We assume somebody's trailing. Tra- s- someone's trailing Mac's cab with this woman in it. Right. Which, is, again, is a beautiful rear projection screen. Tra- tra- oh, yeah. Thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So MacGyver drops Sarah off of the warehouse. We see a guy get out with his full head of hair. Oh, yeah. And he goes into the warehouse and he follows and MacGyver sees this well, happen. I want to say how that car pulled up. So MacGyver dropped this woman off. She walked across, across the street, the street yep. into a building and then this car comes flying up out of nowhere and blocks the door and this guy jumps out and runs inside. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. And Mac sees the whole thing in the rearview mirror and is like, ugh. He's like, oh, I feel it. Mm-hmm. At this point, like Mac has no experience doing what he does in the present. Yeah. So he's very new to this, but he feels like something is calling him into so, that warehouse. Do you think he just got based off of uh, um, um, Flame's end? Do you think he just got off of a, 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 a ship, or do you think he just got um, back from doing whatever he was doing, Merchant Marine stuff? Because when was the flashback in Flame's End? How many years prior? Ten years ago. Ten years ago. Eight so years it, was, ago. it was after the event. This flashback was after the events of Flame's End. Okay, but before... Uh, the girl from uh, before his next love. Di- oh, I want to say Diana's not Susan. Right. Su- not, Su- no, not Su- a- oh Amy, 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 Amy Austin. So before Amy Austin, yes, mm. yes. So Mag- he has no knowledge of what like he, he he hasn't yet been like hired on. Or, like he's not on this like for hire business yet. He's mm-hmm. so something's calling him into this warehouse. So he runs in. Good Samaritan. And we see Sarah meeting with a man. We don't actually know who the guy is. We never see him again. Pete draws his gun on this woman, and he's trying to arrest her, but MacGyver intervenes and distracts them, and then Sarah picks up a big giant box and whips it at Pete, mm-hmm. and then she runs. Right. Now, this is the first shot we get of Pete. Yeah. Pete's got an amazing toupee. It's amazing. It's go- he's got the comb over. He's got a, like a hard part down the middle. 
clearly, and you know, they didn't do much else to de to de age him other than just this, put a toupee. And on it was his kind head. of blonde. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a reddish blonde toupee, and he looked great. And I think that's the source of his powers. I think when he lost that, that's when he started to sort of slip a little bit. You know what? It was a, it's a confidence thing. You're right. Because they get into it. We can get into it a little bit, but he, Pete talks about that. Yes, he does. About his toupee. This is in when they're in Jack's apartment, when they're in Jack's house, or his apartment on in, the bed. In a ba- uh, yeah. On. <laughs> <laughs> Let, we'll, we'll get there in a minute. It's, it's coming up in a few minutes. Why does his toupee fall off on the bed in Jack's apartment with MacGyver? <laughs> Jack wasn't there. Mm. That's actually another weird thing I want to talk about in a second, but we'll get there. So outside, Sarah gets in Pete's car, and she just peels out and drives away. Pete tries tries to fire his gun, but MacGyver dive tackles Pete to the concrete. Like, he's horizontal. <sighs> yes. You see him come out into frame, and he's like, whoosh, horizontal, a- and clobbers there's Pete. a great screenshot i think i've already put it up on the facebook page because i forgot that this episode had yet to be recorded but yeah <laughs> he's horizontal and he just dive tackles pete dra- straight to the concrete and pete to the concrete pete down to the concrete and he forces macgyver back into the cab and he's like you need to ch- you need to follow that <laughs> a lot of a lot of forcing and bed talk here huh <laughs> yeah you need you need to follow that oh god maybe pete's got the hots like, you need to follow that you need to follow that woman now Okay, all right. Okay, so I'll do it. we cut back to the present, and <laughs> Pete and MacGyver are still obviously in the back of the semi, and they're trying to find something in the cab. Like they're just trying to find something that they can they can escape with. And mm-hmm. Murdoch is just sort of like he's still taunting them over the loudspeaker, basically saying like it will be where we have to go in about an hour, and yeah. then and then it's like and then what? And then that's it. It's over. Right. He very not. He's like so. We assume that he's just going to kill them somehow. again. More stupid Bond villain kind of. So good. Yeah, I loved it so much. I loved his taunting. I don't know. It was something. Something about this character really just really got my juices. I don't know. Flowing. I just didn't like him. Got me all juicy. <laughs> I wish. I wish. I, I don't know. <laughs> I wish there was more Quail. I wish Quail was in more episodes and Murdoch was only in one. I know. He's coming up in season three. Yeah, but not as Quail. No. Well, we'll we'll talk after the show. We'll do some fan fiction. Do, we'll do you write think a, we'll that, write um, MacGyver Otica. <laughs> Whoa! There it that is. That just came out. That's really, literally just MacGyver Otica, trademarked. Unless it's not. <laughs> Unless somebody else has come up with it. But we'll look at it. But uh, do you think that around Halloween we'll be able to find uh, 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 quail costumes? <laughs> no, but we're going to make you one. You know, like really shitty, like, like shave plastic my, Shave mask. myself down to a creepy mustache. Get my hair all out like Big Earn. <laughs> <laughs> no one will know. Anyone who knows who we are will get extra brownie points. Who the hell are you? I'm Quail. I'm Quail. I'm, like Dan Quail, the I'm vice quail. presidential nominee? No. Quail. Hello, my guy. <laughs> yeah. You don't know who? No? Okay. All right, okay. get out. You can leave now. You can leave. Yeah. <laughs> so. We're not friends anymore. We cut back to the past. Pete is explaining to MacGyver that he works for DXS, the Department of External Services. And <laughs> the woman they picked up is actually Murdoch, who is a professional assassin. Now we cut to Murdoch and he's driving out into the country and MacGyver's sort of tailing him. And I love this scene because we get the, we get a scene we get a dash cam scene of the car in front mm-hmm. and he turns off the road and you hear MacGyver go, Oh, looks like Mac- looks like uh, Murdoch is turning. Yeah, no <laughs> shit, Sherlock. Right. Of course he like we literally just watched him turning and yeah. like they're not that far away. And Pete, MacGyver's mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, it looks like Murdoch might be turning there. Okay. Oh, so okay. they follow him and are immediately cut off by a by a big white van. Right, and these two guys get out, and they just start. They aim these bazookas at them. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I'm gonna say the van pulled out, and they were probably 50 feet away. Oh yeah, and they yeah. pointed bazookas at them. Yeah, <laughs> fucking idiots! You shoot those things and hit that car, you're gonna get go blind from all the shrapnel. That was I, amazing. Come was... on. <laughs> so Murdoch, still dressed as a woman, because we then he takes off his he takes off his wig and reveals that he's actually a man. And his voice instantly changes. He knows how to throw a voice. I know. Holy crap. I know. Because he does it again later when he's portraying the nurse. Mm-hmm. He sounds exactly like like they just I don't know if they I'm assuming they overdubbed him. Yeah. They just oh. they looped in another voice. But oh, loop it. They looped they looped in another voice. Um so he comes out from behind the van and he sort of starts setting up a camera. And as this is happening, Pete starts explaining like who Murdoch is and like what his sort of mo mo is and 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 how he kind of taunts Pete at the DXS. 
Murdoch is an international terrorist, specializes in disguises. He's half chameleon, half rattlesnake. When he makes a hit, he always takes a picture of his victim dying. Keeping an album, is he? No. One shot goes to whoever paid for the hit as proof. And a copy to us, the DXS, just for fun. Creeper. So Murdoch is kind of just crazy. Like, he kills his victims, takes pictures of them right before they die, and then sends them to the DXS, sort of taunting. But it doesn't make sense. Because the DHS, 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 DXS is just a think tank, right? It, but Phoenix Foundation is a think tank. Is DXS a think tank? I don't know. Or does Phoenix Foundation, does DXS eventually become the Phoenix Foundation? It's all really blurred. Yeah. Because in one of the other episodes, um, the one where MacGyver and the girl, the younger girl, they make the cactus battery. Oh, right. Yes. I can't remember the episode. Yeah, anyway, he the, says, the, with hi. Kate, with Kate, the student. Yeah, yeah, right. He's like, hi. Yeah. FAA. Yeah. This is MacGyver. DXS number. Blah, 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 yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. So MacGyver, w- what is the DXS and what, I mean, is Department of External Services. And then the Phoenix Foundation is the same thing. Yeah. But is the Phoenix Foundation a government agency? Because no, it's a think tank. All right, sure. It's a research foundation. Oh, right. They only do research, Greg. Only research. They do nothing else. They don't fund anything else, Greg. Sure, yes, sir. (laughs) I'm not an alien. (laughs) So MacGyver, or so Murdoch tells them, tells the guys with the bazookas, in five minutes, blow them to hell. What the fuck? Five minutes. Just give them five minutes. This is so stupid. How about when I get in the car... Blow them up, right? <laughs> what? And that's the thing. Murdoch set up a camera on a tripod. Yep. That is, he had this bullshit explanation how it was rigged to hear the sound of the bazooka or something like that to take the picture. It was like the sound. Moment. It was like sound activated. This is, I'm like, this is so <laughs> dumb. And he leaves these two knuckleheads behind who are these two wicked jabronis. Yeah, total yeah. idiots. Oh yeah. And and the one of the guys like, why don't we just shoot him now? And the guy's like, no. Murdoch said five I, minutes. That when I questioned that, I was yeah. like, really? No. I was like, you literally could just kill him now, Murdoch. There's no way because if he's rigged this camera to go off at the sound of the bazooka, then five minutes is five, it's not going to make a difference whether also, or not. It's just I can. The only reason I can think of is to give Murdoch time to get away. Then what about these two tool bags? You don't want someone catching them, right? With spent bazookas right. in the back of their van, white van that's got <laughs> scorch marks on it because they blew something up 50 right. feet away. Exactly. So as, as Pete and MacGyver are sitting in the car trying to figure out a way to get out and the five minutes is ticking down, MacGyver slowly starts removing his shoelaces and he ties the shoelace into a lasso. And Pete's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm trying to get us out of here. What are you talking about? I'm trying to get us out of here. And so this is the first time we see MacGyver, and he uses a paperclip in this one. So this is like his first his first attempt at a MacGyverism like with a paperclip. So he's bursting Pete's MacGyver cherry. He is. He's totally popping that cherry. So he takes it, he ties it off into, uh, into a lasso, and he uses that end to rope it around the gas pedal. And he, t- yeah. and he pulls it really tight. Then he slips a paperclip under the other side of the lace, Mm-hmm. And he secures that paperclip into a monkey wrench, which just happened to be in the cab. Sure. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sort of manipulates the wrench so that it's braced between the floor mm-hmm. and the brake pedal. Or he holds it down with his foot. Is that what he does? Yeah. Okay. So he holds it down with his foot. And he kind of braces it between the floor and the brake pedal. And so what it does is it, it, he, it puts the lace... So that when it's pulled on, hmm. it will pull down on the gas pedal. He, actually, you're right. He might have jammed it down because the idea is that he's going to tie it to the door so that when the door opens, it pulls down the gas pedal and they get to jump out. Right. So he couldn't have held it down with his foot. He jammed right. it under something. So he did. Yeah. So he must have jammed it down. Okay. So yeah. So basically what Greg says is he'll, he ties it off to the door. So when the door opens, it, it pulls the lever system and it pulls the gas pedal down and it should, in, in a perfect world, it should just gun the cab forward and knock these two guys out right and that's exactly what happens so they open the door the cab guns it forward mac and pete go out both sides mm-hmm. the bazookas go off and blow the cab to shit storm central <laughs> <laughs> shit storm central what, but what i like about what i what i found interesting about that i was like the the cab was running the whole time they never started it again no so did they just leave it running yeah. We just assume that it was left running because like, mm-hmm. you never hear them start that cab again. Right. So we just assume that it's been running the whole time. It was just running the entire time. So Murdoch's men, they open fire and they detonate the cab. 
and MacGyver gets up onto the bed of the the inside of the van, and he starts to tie them up. And this is his other his second uh, Pete's next exposure is to MacGyver using the duct tape. Right, duct tape. And MacGyver has his explanation for it. You're okay, kid. What's that? Duct tape. Real handy stuff. Carry it with me all the time. Just in case you run into a bazooka or two? Or whatever. Yeah, or whatever. That scene reminded me of the Blues Brothers when he's when they're when they're gluing the gas pedal down to the ground and he's like this is glue strong stuff <laughs> and then he presses it right 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 i don't know why that just reminded me of that scene right then cuts to belushi and he just kind of looks at the camera yeah. thing like, mm. yeah i just love that that's just yeah. that's so good that's so good so we cut to the hospital this is where we first see jack and here we are probably about 15 minutes in so we're just seeing jack for the first time he's obviously he's recovering from a broken and in unexplained broken leg in the hospital no there was they explain it yes i don't remember these things yeah they explained i forget what it was so he's got a broken leg regardless of how he did it um and he's talking to mac and he's trying to like plan like he's like oh i've I've got this great idea for for a brand new airplane service we're gonna call it fly by night which i think was a nice reference Mm -hmm. to the plane service that we see in his first episode right uh, a couple a couple episodes ago and he's like all i need to do is i'm gonna sell the cab for the startup funds and we're gonna get the plane and I'm going to start this This business. is going to be great. It's going to be great. And Max, you can see Mac getting really uncomfortable because he's got to explain to, mm-hmm. to Jack what happened to his cab. And he's really, finally, he's forced to explain it. And this scene for me almost makes the entire episode just because the timing between the both of them is perfect. They deliver these lines beautifully. And we'll just let, we'll let the scene take over. Okay, a dent. You put a dent in it. Listen, Jack. I can live with a dent. Tell me it's a dent. It's a little more than a dent. Mr. Thornton and I were riding in your cab chasing this woman who was actually a man who had a guy with a bazooka waiting and he blew up your cab. Hold it. Run that back. Run that by me again. Um, Mr. Thornton and I were riding in your cab and we're chasing this woman. No, no, just the last part. Two guys with bazookas blew up your cab. (laughs) I just, and it goes on for a couple more seconds, but just the, the way that they go back and forth. Yeah. I, it's just their timing is impeccable. Well, set, set up the scene the whole time. Jack is like in a hospital bed, sort of in traction, not really traction, but like you know, with the rig to hold up his broken legs. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's just he's so like beaten down, but he's wearing like his hat. His like cap looks like a captain's hat. Yeah, a flight of like a pilot's cap. Right, 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 right. Exactly. Pilot's hat, cap, tap, cap, tap. The cap, the cap, hat. And Pete's standing there with his little cap. His his beautiful cap toupee his blonde toupee which looks just like quail's hair if it was combed oh man maybe that's where quail got his hair he found pete's Sorry toupee laying somewhere oh, god <laughs> just, he's wearing he pete's wove toupee. it oh. this it's, whole time quail's quail. weave <laughs> quail's been stalking pete this entire well he works he worked for a Phoenix he that's right he did so they probably know each other yeah Oh, I'm sure there's a history. Oh, that's a history that I want to know. Ah. MacGyver Erotica, Chapter Two. (laughs) MacGyver Pete and Quail. Quail makes a hair doll with Pete's toupees (laughs) and bangs them. That's Uh, where this episode. Maybe for another podcast. (laughs) So, so obviously, so Jack is like ripped. He's completely pissed off, and he dives out of the bed. To attack MacGyver, MacGyver dodges him. Pete falls out of the bed and breaks his arm. <laughs> Pete breaks his arm. No, Jack. No, Jack breaks. Did his I arm. say Pete? Yeah. Oh. Well, it's, it sounded like Pete. Anyway, no. Jack dives out of the hospital bed. MacGyver dodges it and he breaks his arm. He <laughs> does he, really. Yeah, Jack breaks his arm when he falls. Well, the, when, when does the nurse come in then? Because the, okay, so the nurse comes in. Not yet. The nurse comes in in the next scene because then we cut to. Uh, uh, Jack's apartment. The nurse comes in in the next. Yes, in the next scene. yes, yes, so, yes, yes. So yes, Jack, yes, 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 yes. I remember now. Finally, calms down. They get him back in the hospital bed, and Mac takes Pete to Jack's apartment to get the ownership papers for the car. For the car, so that if they if they can show that Jack owned it, they'll pay him what it's worth. Right. Exactly. Blue so, book value essentially. So this is what I. This is another part that I didn't quite understand in the last episode, uh, Jack of Lies. Mm-hmm. Mac doesn't appear appears to have no idea that this apartment 
that like Jack even owned this apartment. Right. But here, seven years prior, he knows exactly where he's going. He walks right into the apartment with no problem. And it's clearly the same apartment. Yeah. With the, you know, the service elevator that goes down. But in the last episode, he had no idea that this apartment was even a thing. Well, maybe it sounded like, okay, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. And MacGyver's reaction in the previous episode was that he couldn't believe Jack was still living there. All right, I'll go with that. Yeah. I'd go with that. Absolutely. So they start talking and he finally, he finds the papers for the cab under the bed. And when he goes to sit on the bed to look at the papers, he hears a click. Or, or Pete, Pete hears the click. Pete hears the click. Did you hear that? And Mac didn't catch it. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, There's a cl- there was a click yeah. when you sat on that bed. Something's underneath that bed. And so when he flips the sheets up, he sees he sees a pressure charge yeah. underneath. And basically he says, well, when the pressure charge goes off, it explodes up. So it was Pete was really happy about it, though. He's like, all right, the good thing is when these charges go off, they just go straight up. Yeah. And Mac's like, okay. And doesn't he doesn't he look under the bed and he goes, Oh, they're good. Yeah, he's like, Oh, this is good. <laughs> yeah. He this gets really good. excited about yeah. it. Yeah. And so he's like, Give me your hand. Like extends his arm to Mac and Mac's like, What do you mean? Give, give me your hand. Yeah. Okay. And then just basically yanks MacGyver off the bed. You hear the other click and the bed explodes. And it's go- like Pete said, it goes it, it explodes straight up. Yeah. Um Thought that was pretty. Actually, I thought that was a really tense moment because you could tell MacGyver was really mm-hmm. like nervous as shit. Like he, had, right? He was. He had no idea what the hell was about to All happen. All the while, this is in the basement of some hotel or something. Yeah, Mac, like Jack's apartment is like a windowless dungeon. How did they get in there? How did whoever got in there? We assume it was Murdoch or his men. Yeah. Who set this? Like, how'd they get in? How'd they know that was ja- like? Because every time Jack uses it, he uses that street elevator, with right? The barrel vault that comes up. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. Yeah, they might have. Maybe they saw him go in at one I point, and they, tra- and they tailed him. And then there's an explosion in the basement of this populated building, and you nothing happens. Somebody in the lobby of that. Somebody in the lobby of that hotel was gonna hear a slight rumble. Oh, or it's a boom. just the plumbing. Don't just worry about it, guys. Manuel will take care of that. Go check the plumbing Manuel. again. Manuel, I need you in the basement. Mm, you're going to have to plunge pipe number six again. It sounded like that one blew up. So. <laughs> oh, there's shit everywhere. <laughs> um, so like someone put a stick of dynamite in a full toilet. Oh Paint the walls. <laughs> so much poop. Um, so then Pete was like, you know, MacGyver, you're pretty good. Like, why don't you, like, we could use you. Why don't you help us take down Murdoch? And he's pretty reluctant at yeah, first. He's like, no. But Pete's like, listen, Murdoch knows where you are, where your friends live, and he will come after you no matter what. Right. So MacGyver's like, oh, okay, I guess I have to agree. I guess I will. Guess I have to agree. And thus begins a beautiful, sexy friendship. Pretty much. Yeah, right there. That's where it starts. <laughs> so then we cut back to the present. Mac never turns back. And Pete is starting to like go ape shit crazy. Like oh, he's well, starting to crack. But this whole past scene is when MacGyver realizes Pete has a toupee. Oh, that's right. Yes, because the, the, the explosion knocks his toupee askew yeah, and askew. he goes in to fix it. And he kind of calls him on it and Pete's like, yeah, well, you know, doesn't really care. It, it's, yeah. yeah, it was interesting. That's right. That's right. So, so yeah, so Pete's now in the back of the truck. He's starting to crack. Like he's starting to lose it. He's he starting is. to go apeshit. He doesn't he whip a shoe at the at the at the monitor that Murdoch is coming I think through. The MacGyver gives him something to throw. Well, he starts pounding on the back doors, and I get the feeling that Pete is claustrophobic. Yeah. And oh like, yeah, that's I, it, Mac alluded to it. Like you don't and like f- here. Here's this. Throw this. Like right. to make Pete feel better, and it helped. Yeah, like, I think it did too. Absolutely. So. MacGyver tries to calm him down, and he's he's talking like, "Hey, listen, remember how Jack took the news about his apartment seven years ago?" He's like, "Remember how that worked?" And then we kind of like fade so back to the past. This whole this particular episode of Mullets and Memories might sound really confusing because it's constant back and forth from past to present. Yeah, it's so, a lot of back and forth each act of the sh- of the show. Yeah, it's um, very confusing. So to Mac- hear, not to watch. Yeah, no, absolutely. So we're back in the past, and MacGyver tells Jack what went down at his apartment and as they're talking this nurse comes in to tend to jack and after pete says <laughs> murdoch ne- this is secure murdoch will never find him here it's safe and all right. this stuff right 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 and this nurse walks in starts like all right mr all right mr dalton like with this really like very effeminate voice right like female voice who looks 
eh, kind of larger frame. Yeah, very tall, kind a little lanky, but like it's just you kind of have to do a double take. Like, hmm. And MacGyver recognizes her from the cab, like he sees a profile mm-hmm. and recognizes her from the cab and realizes that it's this time it's Murdoch dressed like a nurse. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said here, he's second time he's impersonated a female voice right. in this episode. Flawlessly impersonated a female's <laughs> voice. So he starts running through. He's like knocking over doctors and he's like running out of the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Like charging. It weirdly reminded me of the scene in The Dark Knight where Heath Ledger <laughs> where the Joker's dressed up like the nurse and he's just like walking out of the hospital. Right. He's trying to like detonate the hospital. Yeah, right. But it's just like... There was that nihilistic attitude about Murdoch. Like he doesn't care what happens around him as long as he gets away. Yeah. And everyone that he's trying to take down gets taken down in the process. He doesn't care how many people he kills it's like in the P- process. Piedra. Yes. The end. Yes. Of the, exactly. End of the first series. First episode. No. Yeah. The first season. There we go. Yes. Jeez. Yes. That's exactly right. Um. So they struggle a little bit, and Murdoch like leaps over Jack, and he finally escapes out of the hospital, and he just starts running like. Sprinting, yeah, down the street as it, fast as he it's can. amazing. And MacGyver chases him, yeah. yeah. So they try to follow him, but this policeman, as they go around, they go like down this back alley, and you see Murdoch go through like a chain link fence and just runs into this abandoned building. Yeah, and the police officer's like, "No, don't go in there. Don't go in there. This They're- is scheduled for demo any second. Right. And again, like the bazooka scene, the building is like a hundred feet away. Yeah. And they clear city blocks for like a mile all around this stuff. But when, somehow they run through all of that. Well, not just that. The cop is right next to it. Yeah. 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 Somehow he's there to stop MacGyver and Pete. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no, no. You can't go in there. Well, we just watched so, the, this man go in there. He's like, well, this is scheduled for demolition. You like, can't, you go, can't in go in there. 100 feet away. <laughs> and then the building blows up. Yeah. It goes down. Pretty nice stock footage of a building going down. Yeah. Right. Right. Um. So the building goes off, and it brings the whole building down on Murdoch, and that's mm-hmm. where we assume that he's dead, and then the rest of the episode actually, I think, takes place in the present, doesn't yes. it? Yeah. Yes. So from does. this point forward, after we see Murdoch get killed in the demolition of this building, the rest of the episode plays out present day. So Murdoch comes over to the loudspeaker and tells Pete and MacGyver that they'll be suffering the same fate that he did, and he's basically going to kill them. Because... Uh, all this time, you're, you're getting shots of Murdoch driving, and his, the left side of his face is scarred. Yeah. And now, watching it on DVD on a 53-inch high-definition television, you're like, Christy's like, looks like someone like put oatmeal on his face or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, p- painted little, something. A little cheese grater, like he fell asleep with like a cheese grater on his right. face. Like, you can see the edge of the makeup, though. You're like, yeah. oh. Yeah. yeah. For 87, I'm sure it looked great on a, uh, on on a, a little 22-inch tube TV. grainy... <laughs> I'm sure it looks great. This is awesome. Oh, God, he looks so good. Just that burn mark on his cheek. <laughs> it's great. So, what an asshole. Oh, my God, I'm awful. So, he drives the semi off the road. He parks it. He unhooks the cab. He drives that away. And then he starts planting charges under the trail. Now, this is another layer of just bullshit. Like, okay, M- Murdoch then calmly walks back to the trailer that he just he just dropped. With with Pete and MacGyver right. and that car stuck, they're all inside. And then he just opens up his duffel bag and has that classic cartoony three sticks of dynamite with a fuse sticking out of the middle. Yeah. Oh and yeah. And he just starts planting them under the truck. Yeah. I'm thinking, Murdoch, you had this truck. Why didn't you pre-wire the entire thing? He absolutely should have because he was clearly knew where he was going. It wasn't like yeah. he was going to drive it right to the spot and Th- leave it there. Thinking now though, back to the um, to uh, that f- one where they had to get the uh, the dynamite from the powder shack. Oh, the flame, not flames, and uh, hellfire. Hellfire. I'm thinking, well, maybe the dynamite is not stable enough to preload on a truck and you drive it around like that. Well, that's what I was thinking, ah. but that dynamite in, in hellfire was really, really volatile. Right, like super It was old. like leaking yeah. all the shit out the bottom, so that was like, I, and I think these were much, Murdoch seems like the new. kind of guy who would know exactly how to, so right. I, yeah, you're right, like driving, it, going over the bumps, it shouldn't have done anything to trigger that dynamite. I guess not, yeah, because it's pretty stable when it's fresh, but like, yeah, why didn't he pre-wire that whole trailer? Right. So he gets on the he gets on the loudspeaker and he tells them that he's going to set the timer and they have seven minutes until yeah the dynamite goes off. So another fucking timer. Why not set it for a minute, run to the cab of your car, and then watch it? Because by the time you get there, probably like thirty seconds left. Right. Give him a minute. Right. Like that's like no seven minutes. A really weird okay. number. Oh. oh, and also to point out, so not only is the inside of the uh, the the trailer 
have a, uh, a speaker in it so Murdoch can talk to them and vice versa, there's a big countdown clock. Yes. Like a six-digit, no, like a ten, eight-digit yep. t- countdown clock. Oh, yeah. Like so digital he, clock. So he has Why? Time, he has time to rig that, but he's not going to rig the bottom of the trailer with mm-hmm. the dynamite to, pl- to kill them. The one thing he didn't do was put a camera in there. Wouldn't he have wanted to watch that? Right, but he sets the camera up outside. Yeah, so how does there any... To catch the detonation. How is there any <laughs> proof that they're in there in the first place? Right, because if it's going to detonate, you're going to catch the detonation, but you're not going to see anything that's in there. It's going to be a big ball of flame. Like, there are holes all over his little Or is it going to... Is it, is, it, is it timed perfectly so that when they're charred corpses hit the ground, <laughs> oh, it'll right. snap the shot of them coming down the ground? <laughs> Bouncing. Ugh, <laughs> gross. So, MacGyver has to figure this whole thing out. So he's... Murdoch is about 300 feet away, and MacGyver pulls the battery out from the cab. So this is, yeah, we're, we're jumping, saying the word cab too much. The cab inside the truck. The cab inside the truck. Not the truck tractor cab. Yes, right. So the taxi cab. The taxi cab. He pulls, so he pulls the battery out of the taxi cab. That's all crushed. That's crushed down, and he builds a bomb. So he uses an oil can. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I love that there's the, the pantyhose that Murdoch had used seven years ago is still in that cab. Because that Pete, Pete so then the, it must Pete, have been. He's the like, cab. oh, here's Murdoch's pantyhose from seven years ago. It's yeah. still in that car. So I, I'm just realizing now that was Jack's car. It, must, it was it probably Jack's. It was probably Jack's. It cab. wasn't that blown up. No, definitely not that blown up. But the pantyhose was still in there. I'm, I hate. I hate to say it, Dave, but I'm disliking this more and more. I'm still loving it. Oh. <laughs> well, well, let's get okay. So. He takes the oil can, the pantyhose, the exhaust pipe, like an old exhaust. He pulls the exhaust pipe off the back. Of course he does. Because MacGyver. Uh, and the battery. So mm-hmm. he soaks the pantyhose the pantyhose yeah. in the oil, which he's going to use as like the fuse when he stuffs it into, into the battery. Uh-huh. And he threads that. Oh, no. He threads it through the exhaust pipe. He threads the pantyhose. <laughs> Do you like that word, pantyhose? No, I don't. I really don't. Should I use the word nylon? the nylons that's even better that's better he threads the nylons (laughs) through the exhaust pipe at the end which he is he's packed some shavings from the from the aluminum from what aluminum the aluminum can from the oil i think he shaved it off the oil can oh really i think i I don't i don't care so so the idea is is what he says is that the ferrous oxide which is this is the second time not aluminum ferrous oxide and the aluminum shavings generate enough heat to explode the battery to, to burn a hole in the... That's right. Right. So they put the battery in front of the door of the semi. Yeah. And he lights the he lights the pantyhose. Mm-hmm. The pantyhose goes mm-hmm. up, goes straight through the exhaust pipe, ignites the, the shavings, which then ignites the battery, which mm-hmm. blows the back of the door off. And now Murdoch is sitting there, at first thinking that it actually goes off. Well, no, I don't think so. He's he's sitting in the he's ready to watch it blow up. There's seven seconds to go. Then all of a sudden, MacGyver's little bomb goes off and blows the doors of the trailer open. Pete and Mac jump out. Oh, that's right. Flat. Yes, that's right. And he sees them and he's like, "What the?" Ah! And then the trailer explodes. And then yeah, and the camera goes. I think you hear the camera go off. Right, right. You hear the camera click or something. And then Murdoch starts up the cab of the the the, the tractor again. Lights the stick of the dynamite that he has. Stick of the dynamite. Stick of the dynamite. He has to stick us the dynamite. He lights up the stick of the dynamite. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> oh, then he then he he's <laughs> yeah. So he lights the stick of the dynamite and drives towards Pete and MacGyver with the stick of dynamite hanging out. And of he's the... like gritting his teeth, like <laughs> and then MacGyver does something. What does he do? He throws a rock at the windshield. That's right. <laughs> yes. He throows a rock at the windshield, and, and Murdoch swerves and then drives into the mess. And he, no, he, yeah, he drives into it. But oh, he, before no, he, that, he drops the dynamite because the rock hitting the windshield is enough to like. Oh yeah, he drops him out a little bit. He drops the dynamite into the cab of the truck where the fuse lit. Right. And then the next shot is we, the next shot. We see the door of the truck open, and then everything explodes. Right. And I think they did that door opening on purpose because we're to assume that he got out just in time. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Because I hate this because then Pete he's says, positive that he's, he's dead. He's positive he's dead again. And MacGyver's like, no, he had just enough time to escape. We don't know that he's dead. Come on, MacGyver. He's dead. In reality, they should have just waited for everything to die down. 
gotten that fire out and then just searched the rubble right. for a body. They don't. And if they don't find a body, then mm. Pete has been proven wrong and they know that Murdoch is still alive. <laughs> So yeah, but yeah, no, ah. we see the truck door open just before the explosion. So that's, I think that's for the viewer. That's what we assume was just enough time for Murdoch to right. vacate the front of the truck before, uh, before it blows. Yeah. So I, we all know now Murdoch is still around. He shows up once a season to the end of the show in increasingly weirder ways. <laughs> From what I understand, like his, his quote unquote deaths in subsequent seasons get weirder. Oh God. And I can't wait. I want so, him to be dressed up as like a farm animal or something and get blown up. <laughs> Boof. Guys, why does that guy look, why does that look like a guy in a cow costume? I don't know. Oh, shoot, shoot it. Shit, that's Murdoch. <laughs> shoot it with a bazooka. <laughs> shoot that cow with a bazooka. So we cut back to the ja- uh, the jackyard. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to the jackyard. MacGyver Erotica. MacGyver Erotica. The, they cut back to the jackyard. <laughs> back to the jackyard. <laughs> <laughs> so, not the jackyard, the junkyard, where the difference, really? they're going back to get Matt, right? They're going back to get MacGyver's Jeep. Jack in that junkyard. Jack in the Jack junkyard. Jack, <laughs> Jack in the junk. So, Jack is literally just pulling in, and he's hot, and he's got two... Two uh, two bouquets of uh, lilies right. in his hand. And he's like, oh, I, I got a note saying to meet you guys here at like 8 o'clock, but I wasn't going to wake up. Yeah. He's like, I just woke up and came over here when I was ready. It was like noon mm-hmm. at this point. So we imagine that this whole thing has taken place in four hours. That was the other thing. It's like, what? Yeah. All of this took place in one day? Four hours. The whole thing played out. Because Jack says... It said to meet you guys here at like 8 o'clock at the junk here with mm-hmm. these lilies. And I threw them at them. And... He's like, I just didn't. I slept until noon. I just didn't want to get up, and so we assume it's probably like one o'clock, maybe. So it's maybe four or five hours I'm worth done. this of this episode. So he <clears throat> wonders. So Jack's like, well, 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 what happened? He's like, what, what did they say? Did they say something about, like they ran into an old friend or something, something like, that? like that? Yeah. And he's like, oh uh, well, no. He's like, before they can kind of like finish explaining. Jack wants to take a picture of all of them as like an anniversary photo. So the last shot of the episode is Jack sets the timer and he puts the camera on. And he gets behind. He gets between uh, Mac and Pete and they take a picture. Just the three of them, kind of wrapping it all together. They do get a picture of themselves through the episode, but they're not just about to die. Right. Exactly. So it's a nice. That was a nice thread. But it. Was, I thought it was just idiotic. <sighs> I love this episode. Oh man. I. I'm so. I like. Even talking about these things, like all the the issues that we were just talking about, like I still will tell, I will still say that this is the best episode of the season, possibly the series so far. So this is episode forty overall of the series. I think Murdoch's a fucking maniac, and I think he's a brilliant foil for MacGyver and Pete. I think so he's too. Just fucking crazy enough. Yeah. Like he's a mental well, case. This to me, I think, is the turning point of where the se- series is going to go. I mm-hmm. think it's just going to get weirder. Like for so far, the the plots have been realistic, whatever. Yeah, more or less ba- grounded in reality. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I think with Murdoch, I think they're starting to go off the deep end a bit. I think so. I just I love the flashbacks. I like. I think this this backstory to MacGyver and Pete is better than the Camel. Pete and the Camel. Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, and I think it's a good setup to the to the series long arc with Murdoch. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, so I'm gonna I would give it. I go one mullet for Mac and Pete's first meeting, mm-hmm. one mullet for Pete's toupee, one mullet for Murdoch the fucking psycho, <laughs> one mullet for the revenge plot, and one mullet for the brilliant setup and getting Mac and Pete to the junkyard. Okay, I'm going five out of five. Wow, this is my third five five mullet episode this Dude, series just, this season. <sighs> I. I loved it. I loved it. I'm sorry. I loved it. And I probably did nothing to convince you other than just tell you I loved it. <laughs> I, maybe we should set the bar lower then because if we're giving away these, you know, five. Oh, mullets. I think the rest of the season, I think there's some clunkers in there. Clunkers. I think there's a couple of clunkers coming up. So I think we're, I think I'm safe. Uh, so, so I gave it one mullet for the background of the, st- like, the background of Pete, Mac, and Jack. Okay. And introducing Murdoch, who yeah. is the returning character. Like, yeah, it's yeah. nice to know that story. Absolutely. 
Okay, so a mullet for that. A mullet for Pete's hairpiece because it was hilarious. Oh, it was great. It was just really funny because it's not like it's younger Pete who had hair. No, it's younger Pete who indeed had a hairpiece. He, uh, yeah, he didn't, yeah, he didn't have hair. <laughs> he was always bald. He just decided to get hairpiece. Right. There should be a scene in the latter series where he's like, it's back in Pete's house and he's like getting ready to go to bed and he goes to turn his light off and he looks across the room and his toupee is just like sitting in a trophy case. Oh, so it's like, like on a mannequin <laughs> head and he's like, hey, buddy. Soon. Soon. soon, my friend. <laughs> it it it's almost time. <laughs> and then I, oh, I gave it one last mullet for for Jack in the episode again because I thought this was a, a really good one of Jack, even calmer and more of. Oh, well, he had a busted leg and all this stuff. Right. So I liked that. But th- three, it was uh, three mullets. It was amusing. I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. I just didn't like it. I didn't like okay. the story. That's fine. And I I. I <laughs> Yeah, you I, you wrote in the notes, convince me of more, and I was like, I don't think I just keep telling you how much I love it. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, probably it's, not enough. I just I wanted more from Murdoch, and I didn't want it to be so freaking harebrained. Yeah, yeah. I just I, I don't know. I, I don't, loved his psychoses. I loved it. I thought it was just weird. I thought it was fantastic. And like the bazooka stuff. I just thought the whole it was just dumb. I didn't like it. It was great. <laughs> I think this is the most divisive we've been, like in terms of like, like you got a three, I went five. Like I think we were pretty divided on this. Yeah, I mean, I, I really, which is I, great. I wanted to like it, but I, as far as the stuff we have been watching for the buildup of it being Murdoch and not even, it's build up now. Nobody knew when this first came out, so I think we're coming into it with yeah, expectations. We're coming into it thirty years later, right? Exactly. You know? We uh, already know this stuff. Exactly, but exactly. just like the the writing, I was just like, it was more than just that. Like the the stupid henchman with the bazookas, and like all the dumb shit, like in the hotel room. Like I just like with Mur- I uh. Yeah, that's I, and that's that's totally yeah, legit. I, didn't I mean, like it. I didn't I'm like glad it. I'm glad you didn't go any lower than three. Yeah, otherwise I would have choked you out in the middle of the, on the show, <laughs> like part uh, of MacGyver Erotica. Like what? What's her name? And from. Uh, uh, attack on the Phoenix, the Phoenix under siege. She just chokes out everybody. That's right. oh. In like five seconds, and it's done. <laughs> oh shit! Uh, Greg, Greg, what? What? Uh, Greg, oh. starting <laughs> kicking Greg. Greg. Um, well, I guess it's just mullet and memory. Uh, Greg's dead. <laughs> um, so, so that's it. I think that was. I think that was a great. I think it was a great episode of the show and a great episode of MacGyver. Do you want to know what's coming up next episode? <laughs> Season two, episode what? It just goes. I, I know what's coming up. Season two, episode nineteen, Bushmaster. That would be a great title for a MacGyver erotica. Bushmaster, <laughs> MacGyver erotica story. The master, oh, the Bushmaster. <laughs> Meet me in the jackyard. <laughs> you know we're gonna have to write some MacGyver erotica. Oh right? my god, it's gonna be gross. So, no, right. it'll be X-rated gross. <sighs> All right. Episode 19 is called Bushmaster. <laughs> MacGyver is sent to rescue a pilot in a Central American country. Matters become complicated when the pilot's daughter stows away on the mission. Here we go. Here's, here's some Bushmastering. You guys hear that? Can y'all hear that? It's my beard hair on the microphone. <sighs> on that note, let's wrap the episode up, Greg. That is, that's going to do it for this week. If you like listening to... Um, if you like listening to some bush mastering, um, you'll probably get a lot of it in the next episode. But go ahead and reach out to us on Facebook. It's Champa and Klein Blow Your Mind. Twitter at Blow Your Mind fourteen. Instagram at Champa Klein. Um, yeah, we're gonna let that go for a second. Uh, email us. Let us blow your mind at gmail dot com and let us know how we're doing. Even if you hate the show, we'll still read it on the show, and we would love to hear some hate mail. But if they 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 won't be listening to the show to hear it. Well, maybe they will because they want to hear us read their hate mail. <laughs> anyway, tell us how we're doing. Let us know. We love doing it for you guys. Um, we love doing it on you guys. Um, so <laughs> for Mullets and Memories, before this gets way too far down the rabbit hole, I'm Dave Champa. I'm Bushmaster Klein. <laughs> Have a great week, guys. Well, and maybe it's time for a smoke.